In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Blessed Coptic New Year. Last Sunday we celebrated the New Year. As we mentioned last week, the celebration for the New Year goes from last Sunday, September 11th, to the Feast of the Cross, which is September 27th. And during this time, if you notice, everything is joyful. We, all the, the hymns, all the prayers, everything is in a joyful tune because we are celebrating the feast. We are celebrating this new year and not just celebrating the new year as, a, as, a, as an event, but as a beginning of a new lifestyle, like starting fresh, starting new, this new creation. And the church helps guide us in this. Because the church doesn't just say, Happy New Year, we want you to be godly people, figure it out. The church doesn't do that. The church guides us by the readings. The church guides us by the scripture. And today, which is the first Sunday of this month, of this Coptic month, is the story of St. John the Baptist. And St. John is highlighted. Highlighted. We, we read, if you were here for Vespers last night, in the Gospel reading, it talks about St. John. Matins today talked about St. John the Baptist. Right now in the Gospel, talks about St. John the Baptist. But it's not the day he departed. It's not his birth or his uh, announcement of his birth like we... we uh, we read in Kiak. No, this is just the church saying, if we want to start off the new year, here's an example. Here's a person that we could strive to be like. And the gospel speaks very highly about St. John the Baptist. We're going to talk about just a few characteristics of St. John. And these are characteristics that we could also attain or virtues that we should strive for to relate in our lives that we may be also on the right track like St. John was. The first thing is his humility, St. John's humility. We heard here even this kind of worked out coincidentally, but the story today of in the Synexar of the departure of St. Zacharias, what happened with him? When he, when, when uh, Herod's army came to him to take St. John, he took him to the altar, and then it was just one little line, if you were paying attention in the Synexar, an angel of the Lord came, took St. John the Baptist, and took him into the wilderness. The child was around two years old at this point, because that's when Herod was going after the two years old, to, uh, the kids who were two years old and under. So, so what happened? An angel took St. John into the wilderness. And so as St. John lived his life in the wilderness, he started learning and becoming a humble person. Now, where does humility come from? Humility comes from God. Humility is not something, if you don't know God, you cannot achieve humility. There is no way. Because humility is a direct characteristic from our Lord. Our Lord, the King of all kings, the Lord of lords, 
came and dwelt in a manger. He dwelt in a manger. Why? He dwelt in a manger. He was born in a manger to teach us, to, to, to show us that there's more power in humility than there is in acting proud. There's more power in humility. I mean, many, many Christian authors and, and many of the fathers wrote things about humility, but I love this quote. It says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it is thinking of yourself less. It's not thinking of yourself less, and this is where we sometimes like devalue it or change it. Even culturally, like we have this like, like patting the chest, like, no, 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 and think like, no, it's not thinking of yourself less. You are not a bad person. Humility doesn't mean we have to think badly of ourselves. It's just thinking of ourselves less. Society has us thinking about ourselves all the time. What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? What are we going to, like, everything. What do people think of me? What am I going to watch? How do I, like, enjoy myself? Everything is me, 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 me. It's a self-indulging uh, society that we live in. And so humility is stop thinking about yourself. Focus on others. If you focus on God, if you focus on others, in that you will be humble. It's not anything for you to change about yourself as much as it is for us not to think about ourselves as like highly, right? It's important to see this. St. John, who was our Lord's cousin, could have been, could have walked around just telling everybody, I'm the one. I'm the one who was sent before you. I'm here. I have a really important message because I'm the, I'm, guess who my cousin is, right? Sometimes we like to value ourselves based on what we've seen or what we know. Oh, I, you know, I saw this celebrity, or I did this, or I did this, I did... We try to make ourselves important based on our situation, or who we know, or how many followers, or how many likes, or how many... whatever. And here, St. John, no. Okay, but you're Jesus' cousin. At least, like, you can get nice clothes, you can live in a nice house, Nice, nice mansion. No, it wasn't about him. It wasn't about him. Humility teaches us to focus on Christ, focus on others, and in doing that, we ourselves are changed. I shared this before, and it's something that I, I love just reminding myself of. The concept, the, the acronym of uh, joy, right? It's not really an acronym. The word is joy, right? Rejoice. But I heard this as a contemplation once, as to, to really achieve joy, it's thinking of Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. If we do that, we achieve joy. And someone who lives a humble life will always be joyous regardless of the situations around them, regardless of what's going on around them. 
that, our, that we don't live our life based on the circumstances around us, but by how we perceive our Lord. Today in the, in the Catholic epistle, it says in uh, James chapter 1, verse 25, it says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. We say, oh yeah, we come to church. We, we you know, I, I, Abuna, I, I'm at church every Sunday. I, I, I tithe. I know all the hymns. I come early. I do this. Okay, great. But if we don't control ourselves, it's useless. The religion is useless. And then he says, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Unspotted. Unspotted, you could take in two different ways. Meaning, unblemished, like we don't let the sins of the world, like that we don't copy the sins of the world, but also unspotted, like unseen. Like we don't want the world to see us. We want the, Lord to see, we want the world to see our Lord. And that's true humility. The next, the next characteristic is also a difficult one to think about, is that St. John the Baptist was known as someone who is great. Great. Our Lord says, Surely among these born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. That's a big statement. That's a big statement. St. John was considered great. Great. But why? What did he do? He lived in the wilderness. He had sackcloth and like, like he wore garments of, of the animals. He probably smelled really bad. He ate locusts and honey. Like he didn't even have, like, some people, you know, like, tell their kids, oh, you have to have, you know, vegetables. This guy ate locusts and honey. He, he lived in the wilderness. Probably didn't have, like, a good voice. Never gave a sermon. Didn't know, like, there was nothing that what we define great as he didn't have those qualities. He didn't have a lot of money. He had no money. He, his greatness doesn't come from the way we see great. Even in the spiritual greatness, in the sense of, he didn't, like, what miracles did you hear about St. John? That he healed people. We never, we never read anything about it. He healed people, he, nothing. But our Lord said, he is the greatest. So that means one of two things. Either our Lord does not know what great means, or we don't know what great means. 
I think I'm going to go with us. Right? Because if, if our Lord defines great as St. John the Baptist is so great, and then we look at St. John the Baptist, we're like, what's so great about him? That means my definition of greatness is distorted. It's, it's, it's broken. I need to fix it. I need to figure out what, what, I have to figure out what greatness means. He was great because he did what was asked of him. Simple. Nothing, no. Our Lord gave him a purpose. He lived according to that purpose. That's it. That's what made him great. We are all called to be great. Every single one of us. We are called and we were made to be great. But how do we achieve this greatness? We have to realize what our purpose is. And living according to our purpose makes us great. Another person who is known as great, and we say this in our hymns, we say this in any time his feast comes along, is Saint Anthony. Saint Anthony the Great. Again, it's because he had a lot of money? No. He gave up everything and left and went into the desert. It's because he had a really nice, like, like, area in the desert. Like, he built a nice mansion. No. He created a hole in a, in a, in a mountain in the middle of nowhere. So what made him great? Was it his really nice talks? No, he was by himself most of his life. His lifestyle. He lived according to Christ. He resembled Christ. He lived a godly life. This is what made him great. We're all called to be great. But our understanding of our greatness is messed up. Greatness for us are the athletes who are, who are you know, winning championships. Oh, he's great. The musicians who are winning uh, awards. Oh, she's great. Or this TV show or this movie. This is a great show, a great movie. We've ruined the word. Because greatness comes from God. Greatness, true greatness, comes from God. Our Lord says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he also does. The greater and greater works than these, he will do, because I go to my Father. Our Lord says, you will do greater works than him. How can our Lord say that? He says, because if you become vessels, you will be great. If you just become a way for God to use you, we will all be great. We need to figure out how we understand greatness. Greatness is not by numbers. It's not by how much money you have in your bank account. It's not by your job. It's not by your, the way you dress. It's not by the car you drive. It, this is not great. This is, doesn't make you great. You're not a greater person in this. You're not great when you have a lot of friends. You, you're not. That doesn't make you great. We need to figure out how to be great in God's eyes, not in the world's eyes. And that's what St. John 
the Baptist did. He lived a great life, a, the greatest life, according to our Lord. But if he lived in these days, we would cross the street if we saw him. We would be afraid to talk to him. But in our Lord's eyes, he was the greatest. So how do we achieve humility and greatness? And sometimes we can even look at them and feel like that's one of their total opposites. How can I be humble and be great? But that's what St. John did. St. John the Baptist was 100% humble, 100% great. Not like sometimes he was this, something. no. He always pointed to Christ. Even when they tried to tell him, he would say, I can't even, like, I can't even uh, uh, put on the straps of the sandals of the one who comes after me. Like, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even at that level. I'm not even like floor level of Christ. He knew where he stood. And he knew where Christ stood. So how do we do that? We have to connect to our Lord. We need to always, always surround ourselves with the Lord. We need to have an intimate relationship with our Lord. That's how we see and that's how we figure out how to be humble and great. When it's less of me and more of him. He allows us, he gives us the pathway for greatness and for humility. It's up to us to partake of the sacraments. And I say this to you here in church that in a little bit we are taking the sacraments, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just like saying partake in the lifestyle of Christ, reading of the Bible, praying the Egbeya, serving, connecting to God, helping others, being nice to others, lifting somebody up, going to somebody and just sitting with them when they are struggling, when they're sad, when they're happy, whatever the case may be, this is the life of Christ. And the more we do this, the more we will be able to be humble and also be able to be great. And glory be to God forever. Amen.